They found themselves in a scene of improbable fantasy. In place of the gloomy marbled expanse of a typical entrance hall was a gold-coloured salon, shimmering with mirrors and noisy with the chatter of caged monkeys and parrots. Beyond the salon lay an overgrown garden in which white peacocks, pedigree greyhounds and a semi-tame cheetah roamed among gold-painted statues. As waiters, in richly dyed brocade, served flutes of champagne, as a black jazz band played ragtime and tango, the world Louisa had created in her palazzo that night was as elaborate, as flamboyant a meeting place of East and West as the history of Venice itself. Louisa's world could not have been more different from the vision that had inspired the Vernier family to commission the palazzo in the mid-eighteenth century. The Verniers were one of the great Venetian dynasties, dating their ancestry back to the emperors Valerian and Gallienus, who'd ruled over third-century Rome. They claimed to be among the earliest settlers in Venice, back in a time when it had been little more than a precarious island outpost, salvaged from mud, marsh, and sea. As the city had expanded into a powerful republic, the Vigneres, too, had risen to prominence. One of the tightly-knit cast of families, listed in the city's golden book of nobility, a register of all those qualified for high office, they had served as doges, procurators, archbishops, admirals, and consuls. They had reached the apex of their glory in 1571, when their most distinguished patriarch, the Admiral, Sebastiano Venier, had led the Venetian fleet to a historic victory against the Turks. Even though the Admiral had been 75 years old when he'd fought at the Battle of Lepanto, even though he'd had to wear slippers because his feet were so badly calloused, and had been too weak to load his own crossbow. It had been Sebastiano's fire that claimed the first Turkish victims, and his courage that galvanised the fleet to victory. Afterwards, the Admiral was lionised by a grateful city. Tintoretto painted his portrait, a sage and silver-haired warrior in shining armour, and he was unanimously elected doge. The Verniers were even more successful as traders than they were as politicians, accumulating riches both within the city and beyond. If a whisper of corruption was attached to some of their enterprises, if Vernier ships were rumoured to conduct illegal, piratical operations on the fringes of the Venetian Empire, they had money enough to redeem their reputation. Across Venice... An increasing number of monuments, churches, streets and palaces began to boast the Vernier name, including the old towered palazzo on the Dorsoduro bank of the Grand Canal that had been the family's principal dwelling since the mid-14th century. By 1749, that palazzo had been subdivided to accommodate several branches of the family and Niccolò Vernier 
and his brother were ready to expand onto the vacant plot next door. The architect, Lorenzo Boschetti, was hired to design a new, modern building that would make the grandest possible statement of Venier pride. A five-story neoclassical stone palazzo with a ground floor, mezzanine, two piani nobili, and an attic. It would be not only one of the tallest domestic properties on that stretch of the canal, but also the widest. The family knew they would have to wait two, maybe three decades to see this vision materialise. There had been a short delay at the start of the project. For some reason, Boschetti passed it on to a more junior architect, Domenico Rizzi. And it was not until 1752 that work began on...